broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by M-Drive. Honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels championship run all season long. For tickets and schedule information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. Burrito Express. Your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey. The 2019-2020 WCHL champions look to make it three in a row. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort. Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, ACHA hockey fans, WCHL hockey fans, WWCHL hockey fans. This indeed is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. I hate calling it club. I want to take it out. I want to take it out. I just want to call it another another form of college hockey, another conference of college hockey. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I think I have him there. I don't see him on my board yet, but I believe he's there. Stephen, can you hear me? Uh, no, we can't. Okay, so Stephen will be joining us in just a minute. Uh, I think he's here. Stephen Marsh, are you with me? <laughs> you know, every time I miss a week, and last week you, uh, our show was preempted by your guys' uh, World Junior shows, I forget how to do this. It's one week and I forget how to get on. I got I to gotta plug the stuff I in. It. I got to log on to the app. I got to push the call-in thing. You got to, on your guys' end, you got to accept it. I've got to unmute, and then I'm on. It's easy. It's easy, right? But I, I one week we're not doing the show, and I forget already. Oh, I love it. Nice to have you back. Nice to be back. It was By the way, a you bit, were, go ahead. Bit, yeah, it was just a bit anticlimactic, like climatic, <laughs> as I'm trying to say here, the professional talker. But uh, we had a World Junior Championship show lineup set up. Uh, well, and, and you involved that went pretty well. Well, you and Paul did a great job. I had some great guests on it. Uh, people can go back and listen to those shows. But, yeah, the tournament itself uh, was cast. But you know what that means, and they're hoping to do it in the summer, which means you'll have to do another week of World Junior <laughs> Shows, and I'll get another week off. Uh, I doubt so that. I, I doubt that. <laughs> well, perhaps I tried. <laughs> but but anyway, it, it, was, uh, it was heartbreaking for everybody at Team USA. I, I had a chance to jump on a press conference today with uh, Chris Mayotte, the coach at Colorado College and also uh, an assistant coach with Team USA this year. And uh, he, he was pretty pretty upfront and honest. He said, you know, uh, it was kind of hard for the players, but they all accepted it. It was, it was what it was. But he said, for me, man, he said, I, I got emotional. Uh, he said, I realized that 
the first thing that hit me was, man, this is just like when COVID hit the first time and all of a sudden you're, you're moving along smoothly and all of a sudden, poof, it's gone. So he, he said that got me. And the other thing that got me was the fact that I don't know if I'll be able to coach with these guys ever again. He said, this, this group of coaches may not ever uh, be together again to coach for the uh, team USA. Yeah, you know, we started off. Uh, we're starting off 2022. Happy New Year to everybody, and uh, and it seems like we're just kind of back in time. It seems like we're it's 2022 is kind of starting off. How 2021? Uh, don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm optimistic. It's still going to be. It's going to be better than 2021 was. But you know, 2021 ended on a, a a bitter note with with Betty White, and then of course we have of course all these postponements with COVID still ramping up and. I'm seeing some of these shows, these daytime shows are doing their shows from home again this week. I'm like, wait a minute, this is 2022. We're going back in time here where everybody's doing stuff from home and, and having to quarantine and everything because, of course, COVID's out there with the, with the latest variant and everything. But Well, and, and the latest thing, Stephen, uh, the NCHC had two uh, cancellations this weekend. One involving a team we covered, Denver, will not be traveling to Omaha this weekend due to an outbreak at Omaha. And uh, Minnesota Duluth and I believe St. Cloud we're going to play this weekend, and that is also off due to a COVID outbreak. So um, uh, and, I heard and the rumor. Canadian and the Canadian cities are playing with no fans again, or, or well, the <laughs> yeah. NHL is being smart and trying to not let that happen. So they're postponing a lot of the Canadian games uh, to later in the season. But I know some basketball games up there, and some of the mi- minor league hockey teams, the AHL teams that they play up there, are playing with like no fans. And so it's like, what is this? It's going back in time again. Is that not crazy? It's just totally, totally crazy. Um, anyway, tonight is uh, dedicated to ACHA hockey. I hate the word club. I was going to just eliminate it. I may still do it, just eliminate it completely. I don't think these guys deserve to be called club hockey. They're ACHA hockey. It's a different brand of college hockey. However, as we know, um, things are moving right along. And uh, last night, uh, we, we brought in a Vegas guy. We brought in Nick Raboni, the associate head coach from UNLV, put him on the NCAA show so that he could showcase a little bit about what they're doing. Um, you know it. You tell us. What's Nick Raboni and the uh, Rebels doing next year? Well, starting, uh, yeah, next year, they're going to, for the first time ever in their program, they are going to play a couple of games against a NCAA opponent, uh, against a, a team from Alaska up there. And, uh, and oh, let uh, me so let me do it right for you. <laughs> Again, I'm starting off the play. new year, right? <laughs> Exhibition games against Alaska. I want to say it's Fairbanks. Am I have that? No, right? no, no. Sorry, not. It, it's the Alaska. See, I knew I didn't want to do it because I I just messed it up. <laughs> I just messed it, it up. It's the Alaska Anchorage SeaWolves who are uh, have gotten a reprieve from their university. I was just testing they're, you to make sure you knew. <laughs> yeah, they're they're coming back. Uh, they did not play last year, and they're not playing this year. Um, their program has been resurrected, and uh, the UNLV, August, uh, October 14th and 15th, they are traveling up to Anchorage. And uh, my co-host last night, Paul Hornstein, said that UNLV was very, very smart for picking October instead of maybe January or February. I agree. I agree because uh, if, if you there. or I make that trip up there in October, <laughs> that's going to be nice compared to if they did it in December, January, where it's going to be very cold. Yeah, so, so that's when they'll be going up there. And then uh, – Anchorage will be coming back and playing NCAA games in Tempe uh, against uh, uh, Arizona State in their new building. Uh, there'll be a Friday-Saturday series in November, early November, and then they'll uh, drive a bus from um, Tempe to Las Vegas. They will play 
the Rebels one night, and they'll play Liberty the next night. Then they will fly back to Alaska, uh, and Liberty will stay in Vegas to play the Rebels. So uh, quite a week um, for UNLV hockey and hockey in Vegas all together, and that'll be just after the uh, the big um, – Hall of Fame game, which will feature North Dakota and ASU at T-Mobile. So I, I would expect uh, Scott Strandy to be in Vegas uh, in uh, November of this year. <laughs> yeah, I will be there at some point in time to uh, to cover all that. Hopefully, That'll you'll be, be uh, back in Vegas at some point before then yeah. too. But I know you've got, you've gotten the love the the Colorado area now, and uh, and of course you're back in your roots in uh, Arizona now. But uh, at the time being, but yeah. Yeah, so hold down the fort in Vegas, but we'll expect your uh, (laughs) awaited revival back here in Vegas whenever you feel like there's a big enough event here for your uh, presence. That was uh, that was quite the deal, but anyway. (laughs) So anyway, for ACHA hockey fans, uh, that's the news Uh, out of uh, UNLV. They are they're challenging themselves. Um, They think they have a team that can challenge uh, the SeaWolves. We'll find out. Um, uh, Lindenwood did that. uh, three games this year so far against Denver, against uh, Air Force, and uh, in a couple of weeks they're going to be right here in Tempe uh, doing an exhibition game, uh, exhibition series with uh, ASU. So it's nothing that's new, but it's exciting and it's new to the UNLV program, and it just tells you um, things are inching closer. We could have an announcement at one time uh, very soon. Um, there are obviously a need for more lockers at the Division One level, and that's why uh, all of this stuff has uh, come uh, about now, I guess is a good way to say it, um, because uh, there's definitely a need. So we'll find out. Um, yeah, and, and I want to say, and I want yeah, to I I add to all that real quick is if it was this year's uh, UNLV team, I think they would have a really good chance of, of beating uh, that, that NCAA program. Of course, they're getting things going there, but. Uh, you know, and then, but you know, they're going to lose. I'm sure they're going to lose some players uh, at, at this season's end, and and hopefully they can, you know, even be as good. I mean, who knows? When it comes time for October, we could be talking about the uh, the ACHA champion UNLV Rebels taking on this team. So that's, uh, you know, they still have a good favor. I know you. Yeah, you, you certainly. You know, what, you know what I know. I know. I listened to the interview. I know you yeah, listened okay. to the interview. You <laughs> you uh, you put them on the pedestal. Yeah. Nick kind of has to like say. Oh, the, don't put too much pressure on us. He, he said, quit putting the uh, cart before the horse. He yeah. said, we'll take this one game one exactly. at a time. But and, and anyway. you know what their focus is right now is uh, next Friday at City National against Jamestown. That's what they're focusing on next Friday and Saturday because that's their next game. So that's what their practices are geared for. They're not looking at, too far ahead of themselves. They're worried about the next opponent, and that will be Jamestown in a little over a week from now. So, Okay, and this week, tomorrow night, as a matter of fact, GCU is going to host uh, number two ranked Minot State. They're still number two, right, Stephen? I, I haven't looked at the computer rankings because I've tried to keep my blood pressure low. Keep your blood pressure low. So Grand Canyon will be hosting Minot State at Arcadia Ice uh, um, this uh this Thursday, yeah, right. Thursday, uh, AZ tomorrow. Ice Arcadia. Tomorrow, I got it, right? See, Tom- listen, tomorrow. I don't even need to be brought up to speed here. AZ Ice Arcadia <laughs> uh, uh, tomorrow night, and then the Minot State will travel down to uh, Tucson um, Friday, Saturday series, a Friday night, Saturday afternoon against the U of A. So, so that's so, going to uh, be that's that's kind of a grind for uh, Minot. So they're going to play three three yeah. games in basically three two and a half 
days yeah. because you yeah, got Thursday, Friday, and you see, said the Saturdays an afternoon game. So yeah, they can thank Tucson oh, Roadrunners because the Roadrunners are. Yeah, that's right. Because you're going to try to do both. <laughs> that, you're going to do the doubleheader hopefully, and so the tomorrow and Saturday. That's right. The Roadrunners are hosting uh, at home, Colorado, so. Colorado, Colorado Eagles. Of course, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, so that's what's going on in the ACJ world. Everybody else gets back to uh, to work too on the second semester as they drive towards that ACHA national tournament where 20 teams will gather in March in uh, beautiful St. Louis, Missouri. Central uh, Oklahoma is also in action tomorrow. We should mention them since they are in the WCHL. There's absolutely. Another Anybody WC- else in action tomorrow that we're missing? Yes. Uh, Central Oklahoma is hosting Alabama tomorrow uh, at uh, Edmond, Oklahoma. So it's not a conference game, but it is a, it is a game that will matter for ACHA purposes. And so that, those two will go at it uh, tomorrow. And then Friday, more games uh, start up and uh, – if you want to look at Friday here, it looks like a lot of the teams do start back up on Friday. Some don't start up again until next week, but um, Oklahoma plays Alabama again. Oh, no, that's different. Yeah, Oklahoma plays Alabama, and then Central Oklahoma plays Iowa State, who's up in the – you know, those, that's that's really going to be, be a battle house yeah, weekend because Iowa be State's really good one number three, I think, and Central Oklahoma's like seven or eight or whatever. And then Arizona, as you mentioned, holding two wide outside. So some good matchups this weekend, really some good matchups this weekend. So we get right back into the action. We had a nice little break here and and for the holidays, and, and the kids had a nice recharge. But uh, get the teams that do get back this weekend, some good matchups ahead. And then, of course, next weekend, more teams will be back in action as well. So, Okay, speaking of action, let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Let's bring on our special guest tonight. We got the uh, D3 head coach and the D2, D1 assistant coach from Grand Canyon University, Trey Green, former player, Minnesota guy, we're going to bring him on in two minutes. So don't you wasted no it. time getting that Minnesota thing in there. <laughs> Minnesota connection, bring it on. Okay, you should have uh, been. Well, you should have been at the Winter Classic. It was like uh, what seven, no. seven below. That's you missed that about Minnesota, right? <laughs> no, they warmed the ice in Minnesota. Only time that's ever happened. Okay, we'll be right back right. in two minutes. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with Summer Skates. Officially licensed Summer Skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your Summer Skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Hey guys, Jared Erickson, captain of the UNLV Skating Rebels, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. This is Alex King, the captain of the University of Utah Utes. You're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, this is technically Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. I like to call it just a different brand of college hockey. Scott Strandy with you tonight, Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from that beautiful, vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada. 
And Stephen, it's our pleasure tonight to bring on one of the original Grand Canyon Lopes, uh, a Minnesotan, now a coach. Um, jeepers, time's getting away from me. Trey Green, Scott, and, and Stephen with you tonight. How are you? And thanks for coming on. Yeah, doing all right. Uh, it's been uh, it's nice to be here. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Now, where would you rather be right now? You're you're in Arizona now, but would you rather be there or would you rather be Minnesota where it was just, what, in the negative seven and eight degree range when they had the Winter Classic? Yeah, I actually uh, went home over break, so uh, I'm from northern Minnesota too, so it was definitely, it was at the point where uh, it was like negative like 35 or something. It got to a point where it started looking colder on a Fahrenheit scale than a Celsius scale. So you were, so you were real, you were like, it was great to be home. It's nice to see y'all, but you were real excited to get back to Arizona, I'm sure. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, Trey, uh, lots of things going on over at Grand Canyon. I want to get way back. What was it? Five, six years ago now <laughs> when I say way back, but, um, when you came to Grand Canyon, you and I sat down and I said, what in the world is another Minnesotans coming down to uh, the, the Phoenix Valley for? And what did you tell me about why you wanted to be a lope? Yeah, uh, I think there was a couple parts to it. First off, first off is I'm playing hockey in Arizona. There's definitely nothing to complain about there. And then the other part of it, too, was uh, the fact that it was a brand new program and uh, being able to kind of start writing some history. Writing history and continuing the history now as the head coach of the D3 team at uh, Grand Canyon and helping out with the D1 and D2 program as well. Uh, my next question to that is, did you think this was going to explode for Grand Canyon just as quickly as it has? They're uh, in the WCHL right now. They're playing D1 hockey at a very high level. Um, did you think that was going to happen, honestly, this quickly? Yeah, um, this quickly, maybe not uh as far as like success goes and the fact that we have three teams now running out of the program on the guy's side and another women's team as well, um, expected to be good and grow, but at this pace and all three teams competing at their levels, uh, it, I could see it happening, but I didn't, or like I thought I could see it happening, but, uh, to actually see it happening is a whole other thing. All right, Steven, jump in. So when you look at when you look at the, uh, the you look at all the programs there and and you talk about this this growth, um, what is the what's the most challenging part about about all? That? I mean, you, you said you, you know you, you're helping with the D one program, you're heading the D three program. Like, what's what's the biggest challenge in trying to you know get this program to where 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 you where you guys all want it to be, where Danny Roy and where you all want it to be at the D one level and where you guys are too. Yeah, um, I think, well, personally, the biggest challenge for me is just managing that schedule between all three teams. Uh, but as far as getting to the success, the success standpoint, um, it's, oh, like for me, like I deal with a lot of the players, so it's kind of hard to um, understand what may work for some kids, might not work for others. Um, and then as far as the growth standpoint, the kids kind of make it easy on us. Like if you ever talk to Coach Roy, he'll, He'll tell you the amount of kids that are reaching out to him or applying to school every day with interest in hockey. Um, and like this year, we had 100 kids try out my five years or six years ago when I first came here. I think we had 21, 22 two kids show up and they all made the team. So, <laughs> as, as, we, as we look at that, uh, 
Trey, tell us a little bit about how big a separation there is or is there between the D3 roster and the D1 roster, because I know uh, quality players are coming into the program. Yeah. Um, the one thing that is surprising to me is that there there isn't a bad hockey player within the program. Um, when you get to the D3 side, you'd think like it's just a bunch of kids that just want to play true club hockey, um, basically like an intramural type thing. Um, obviously there are some studs up on the D1 squad, but, uh, overall it's, it's not as much as you'd, you'd expect for a program like that. Steven, you got another one? Well, yeah, I want to mention, you know, we're talking about the D, the D3 program. Uh, recently there was a story about a, uh, Brady DeVries, um, who got a chance to actually get into a professional game in the ECHL. Um, so talk about how maybe how that came together and, and how cool was that to see him get a chance to, because of some injuries to some goalies and they needed a, a bat, they needed somebody to hit the net that they were able to get him in, in, in the game. Yeah, that, that's actually funny. It's been, uh, it's been a little bit of a talk um, that around the program the last few days because that is crazy. Um, being a Rapid City kid, for him growing up, the team he watched was the Rush too. And ultimately, um, he said in the past they had like at, reached out to him about being an emergency backup uh, if ever needed. And he actually told me that actually like just right before like Christmas break on our last trip down the mountain from Flagstaff. I was like, oh, yeah, like, that would be cool, like, whatever. Like, didn't really think anything would ever come of it. And then I was sitting in my basement at home, and I was scrolling through Twitter, and I had to double-check. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and, yeah, found out uh, the Utah Grizzlies, I don't know if they had two goalies hurt or what the situation was, and they needed someone to play. I mean, from an e-bug standpoint, you're used, in, used to them coming in for – 10, 20 minutes of a hockey game, the fact that he started in, until the very end was in the net and won at that level is is quite honestly, like, still kind of shocking for me. Like, good for him. Like, obviously, uh, there's going to be some issues now with eligibility and whatnot, but uh, for the time being, like, I mean, the kid's got a professional win. Yeah, and so that, that's, overtime, that's, that's, right? what's a, that's what's amazing. It was a it was a win. You know, he got, he 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 actually, him and the team got the win. So that that's what's impressive about that. Yeah, and I know he was super excited about it too, because like I said before, being from Rapid City, the rush is the team that he always watched, and and the chance that he got to play actually against them and beat them is just got to be a whole new level for him. Um, unfortunately. Uh, he wasn't able to make it back in time for practice today from Rapid City, so I haven't had the chance to actually talk with him about it. But uh, but uh, excited to have that conversation for sure. Well, you kind of mentioned this, and and maybe for those that don't really know the insides of it, so uh, you said that will affect his eligibility, and how, in what way will that? I mean, obviously now he has a pro game under his belt, so that obviously messes up with that. But just maybe enlighten us exactly how that how that will come to play. Yeah, so pretty similar to like the NCAA um, in the ACHA. There are certain leagues you cannot play in beforehand because they are essentially professional. They get paid to play or um, in one aspect or another or have stuff given to them. Um, that being said, the East Coast, uh, for people who aren't familiar, is the league below the AHL, which is the league below the NHL. So essentially he just won a game in the third best league in the United States. Um, but uh, we're still trying to uh, – I know Danny's been talking to the league or 
or is about to reach out and kind of figure out how that's going to work out because of the fact that um, on an emergency basis, I wouldn't expect them to get paid. So maybe there's some way they can work around that. But uh, ultimately, I'm, we have two games left this year, so I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world uh, from his standpoint if he doesn't get the chance to play and knowing he's got a pro win. But that being said, he's also a freshman, so uh, it might haunt him a little bit in years to come. Yeah, I hear you. I, let's stay on the pro level for a minute because a good friend of yours, Will Morgan, got his first NHL goal for the Kraken, and um, I know that had to be exciting, right? Yeah, that that was awesome. Will's been like my best friend since I think like second grade before before the age of ten for sure. And um, he's had his ups and downs in Buffalo, and then when he got picked by the expansion team this year, he wasn't sure what to expect. In and out of lineup to start the year, finally got his call called upon, and uh, hasn't really looked back at all. And then the fact that he scored the other night, I actually the coolest part about it was I was with all my friends that that's like our friend group. Like we were all just sitting there. Um, unfortunately, uh, we were out to dinner and driving back to a house he actually bought this summer that a couple of our buddies live at and missed the goal. But I got the Twitter <laughs> notification. I was like, are you kidding? Got home immediately, <laughs> turned on the TV and we're like, oh my gosh. Nice. And for those that don't know, Northern Minnesota is, uh, uh, Will's not the first one to play professional hockey from your hometown of Moorhead. So uh, it, it's a big deal, um, but yet he's just another one of the many famous uh, Moorhead buds, right? Yeah, I mean, I think he's our sixth player, uh, fifth or sixth player that's made it. Obviously, the number one uh, name that people know is Matt Cullen. He's got three Stanley Cups, and every time he's brought him back home. So uh, he's been a leader in our program and not uh, getting kids playing. That's for sure. All right. I want to ask you about uh, GCU hockey again, especially at the D one level, since you have a chance to work with those guys too. Um, h- how good are they? Because uh, Trey, I'll tell you this summer, uh, everybody was saying, you know, all the coaches that Steven and I talked to would say, we don't really know anything about GCU. We just think uh, the guys that they're bringing in, are going to be really good. How good are they? How good are they? And, and nobody really knew you were kind of the best-kept secret, but how good are the Lopes as they uh, get ready to face Minot State? Yeah. Um, from a talent standpoint, it is far and away the best team that this program has seen. Um, I think the cooler part now, too, is that kids are coming in from all over. I think there's one or two kids on the team that were true freshmen versus – uh, the year I came in to GCU, there was only two of us that had played juniors before. Um, the fact that they're coming in with a lot of experience, it's made it easier, but also a little difficult for us on the coaching staff because uh, a lot smarter and they can under kind of understand what's going on. Um, but I think the best is yet to come through from this team. Um, rough start to the season this year. Uh, scores scoreboards are don't tell the whole story of what's been going on and uh and I'd be ready for a, a big second hand or second half push here. I mean leading up to the break they started to finally click a little bit playing UNLV very tight for a couple games splitting with Utah and then uh and then now as as we head into this week we get Minot and then Jamestown next week another program um that's that's up there in the ranks so uh Expect the Lopes to have a, have a big second half for sure. Steven, got another one? Yeah. 
Yeah, you you mentioned that you mentioned Minot State. That's who you guys are playing tomorrow. So talk about easing your way back into the season. You're going to play the number two team. So <laughs> how excited or nervous, maybe maybe more excitement are you to, to have an opportunity to play a team like Minot? And you got Jamestown down the pipe as well, and and just being able to of course you got UNLV as well here in Vegas at some point, and they're number four. Just the excitement of these teams that you still get to play again. Uh, this, this the season starts back up. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for these games like. As a coach, that's the one thing I've learned is some things are in my control, so it makes it tougher at times. But if uh, if the guys can't get up to play uh, one of the best teams in the nation, uh, I don't I don't know what's going to be wrong with them then. Because if you want to go all the way, these are the teams you've got to beat. Um, and uh, obviously, if Minot's not good enough, they they've definitely shown it this year with some of the teams they've beat. And then uh, coming back from break, hopefully we can stun them. So when we talked WCHL, and you guys were able to join a couple of years ago, weren't able to play any games last year, but this year, how important, uh, Trey, as a former player, uh, is it to be in a conference? I know Coach Powers likes to say anytime you can win a trophy at anything uh, or play for a trophy, it's worth it. Um, how important do you think that is for, for your program at Grand Canyon to, to be in the WCHL? Yeah, um, one thing I think is great about conferences is – it also gives you a chance to develop some rivalries. Um, with out-of-conference teams you play, you might not see them every year with these conference. I mean, obviously it's a little different for us not playing all the teams in the West or in the East side of the conference, but having like the ASU, UNLV, uh, Utah, U of A, you play them four times a year, you get to develop something. Um, and I think that's an awesome part of it. And it also... Uh, makes the games that more meaningful. Obviously, every game is meaningful for the ACHA rankings, but uh, even if you struggle throughout the league throughout the year, if you can beat your conference teams, that'll bring you places. Yeah, and, and let's talk about that rivalry that's already started. You guys and uh, and Arizona started a rivalry right off the get-go. Uh, you remember the day, the first time that you played them, and, uh, and I'm sure um, that rivalry is going to continue for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll never forget that that first time we went down to Tucson and stole a game from them. Um, <laughs> that team now, uh, if if we beat that team now, or if we played that team now, like this GCU team playing that GCU team that won that game, they'd stomp them. And so for our program, I think that was either our second, I think that was our second year as a program. And for us to go to a, an in-state team that's a division higher than us and and beat them uh was definitely huge for our program um but also uh we lit a little bit of a fire underneath them and they came out and spanked us the next night <laughs> sometimes that happens in hockey go ahead steven if you got another one sure um when you look at when you look at the um the growth of hockey and uh in Arizona, or just in this area in, in the Southwest, it's it really has it really has become like obviously the weather plays a factor, but it's kind of like a, a destination spot, uh, whether it be Arizona or, or even here in Las Vegas with everything that's been going on here with hockey. Just what have you seen from that in the last few years, just from the time that you played at GCU and now just being around the program as a coach and just seeing the hockey uh, from Arizona and Nevada and just here in the Southwest. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually funny you mention that because going back to that first time I sat sat down with Scott, he 
tried to get me to compare Arizona hockey to Minnesota hockey. And I, I couldn't at the time necessarily, like I knew that hockey was growing here. Um, but based dead where based off where I was from and grew up my whole life, I couldn't necessarily see it. But over the past six years that I've been here now, it is actually incredible how much it's growing. Um, and then especially considering like when I first came here, ASU did not have an NCAA team yet. And even that along with, um, the Coyotes and their inclusion with the city um, or the local kids is, is awesome. And uh, it's actually incredible how uh, how much hockey has grown in my eyes, at least down here in the five, six years that I've been here. And Grand Canyon's a big part of that. Just a couple of years ago, you guys uh, uh, worked with the Coyotes or the Coyotes worked with you to open up the roller rink. Tell us a little bit about how that's going because I, I had a chance to visit with you and that uh, – I think was uh, what they ribbon cutting or whatever it was that day. Um, it, it's uh, it's growing everywhere, whether it's ice or roller, right? Yeah, and that's another thing that we had talked about that first time is I had never seen roller hockey or really ever knew anything about it. Um, and then yeah, my last year playing at GCU, I believe that's when the when the rink opened up, and and I think the coolest part about the rink is. Uh, it's it's brought together a lot of the guys because um, if they're away from the ice um, and they're not doing anything on campus, they'll sometimes go out there, shoot pucks, play roller, have fun with each other. And then as far as inclusion from the campus, I've seen people out there playing like soccer and lacrosse and stuff and, and just getting their full use out of that roller rink and uh, something we were very fortunate to have uh, the Coyotes help us with for sure. Okay, so second half of the season starts. You already said to watch out for the Lopes because they're they're going to jump up and surprise some teams. So uh, I've made it quite clear uh, for the last, uh, I don't know, nine months or so, Trey, that I think the WCHL will be the best conference top to bottom in ACHA D1 hockey. I, and I'm not saying they're there yet. I'm saying that by the end of the year, when you look at all the teams, I think there's a really good chance that there's going to be four uh, five, maybe even six teams from the uh, WCHL making it into that national tournament, which only has 20 teams, and there's a few auto bids. So uh, maybe you got to be in the top 17, top 16, something like that. But your thoughts on that after you've seen some of these teams? No, I uh, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, it's crazy because the best part um, of, about the teams that at least we've seen is like every single team is capable of beating up on the other team. But that's also the kind of the downside of it when it comes to like the computer rankings is is those they'll get those losses in on one another because we kind of beat up on each other. And I feel like um some of the teams we've seen from other conferences aren't as strong. Um but as far as our conference goes, like it it's the real deal. Like some of these like some of these teams that come into our building, like it, it's not club hockey. I think you kind of said that pretty good when you were opening up the podcast today. Like people expect club to be like in a Merle's practice once a week, whatever, show up, have a couple games on the weekend, have fun. Like these kids are fully bought in and, uh, and have dreams to keep on playing. Let me follow that up with uh, the professional style um, and I hate to use that professional style with uh, with an amateur sport, but um, 
I talked about UNLV especially. I went to the Chicago Classic this year, uh, Trey, and when I was there, UNLV showed up a, a day early, got a practice day in, got a chance to look around the city, showed up uh, completely dressed in, in logoed gear. Um, they had different shirts for every day, different jackets. Um, it really looked like an NCAA program coming in, and I know that's something that uh, Danny has done there at Grand Canyon too. It's like uh, you guys have been professional-looking and uh, – uh, off the ice and on the ice since day one, haven't you? Yeah, and that's another thing that's like awesome, like about from where we've gone the last few years is having our own place to play where we get to have our own locker room and our own gym. I mean, we use the one on campus a little more to um, stay away from the rink, not so not be at the rink so much, but the the fact that there's multiple practices a week, uh, multiple workouts a week as a team. Um, anytime we travel, we try and all wear the same, the same team jumpsuits. And, and uh, like our trip to Missouri at the start of the year, we also had the chance to get there early and get get another skate in before it started. Um, and we're flying places. I think that's like another like big part of it. Like we're not just playing local teams. Um, you're kind of going all over like ASU and UNLV being out at that classic. Um, I think that it always doesn't get the rap it should for the amount of effort and time that this game really takes out on uh, on these students and athletes. Steven, you got another one? Yeah, I want to jump onto the traveling part of it because uh, Missouri State, earlier in the season, they came out here to Las Vegas, and they, they bust here. They busted, I think, 22, 23 hours um, out here. It was a sleeper bus, so it wasn't like a regular bus. But uh, so the, the UNLV, I know, flies a lot of – places when they don't when it's you know they don't want to bus if it's you know if it's going to be like across the country or halfway across the country other teams bus more often you guys get a chance to to fly it sounds like a little bit more um what's the advantage of that i mean obviously just the not having to spend so much time on on a on a bus but uh, how nice is that would that your guys are in a position where you can fly to and gives you more options to to go places yeah there's obviously the quicker trip there not having to deal with the bus legs is a big one but Another way to look at it is, like I said before, these kids are also students. So it uh, gives them a chance to go to class for an extra day before they leave or to get back on time for that class Monday morning. Um, so I think that's another big one for these kids. And, and I mean, obviously, there are trips that are doable on the bus, uh, like going up to Utah. And and uh, we've done Colorado before, but we've also flown to Colorado. So you get you get the opportunity to get more rested up, not have to be worried about crammed in a seat for, for 15 hours. You get, uh, can get yourself in there a day early and get a good night's sleep and then, uh, get ready to work the next day, even if it didn't uh, necessarily work out that well for us on that Missouri trip. Okay. Let me, let me, won't work. We won't touch on that, but let me just ask overall the generally, um, traveling and some, you know some of these different places that you guys get a chance to go in the ACHA season obviously you get to come to Vegas you know the Arizona teams um what are some of your top um what are some of the favorites places to come to on the road um uh, and to play in um cuz uh, you know there's there's some great environments in some of the other teams that you play um certainly in the ACHA and and uh, just maybe cities that you, that you like to to be to see to visit yeah uh, actually, obviously, Vegas is an awesome atmosphere. Anytime uh, you get buildings that you could pack, but well, I was really uh, teeing that one off, wasn't I, Scott? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I think I I genuinely think that the building I had the most fun playing in was uh, 
up in Logan, Utah, where the Utes play, or uh, not the Utes, uh, Utah State, where Utah State plays. They have a yeah, the Aggies, yeah, Utah State. Yep, Aggies. they've got that that building that they pack every night because Logan's not the biggest town and not much going on, and it's loud and you've got fans all over you. I think that was probably the most fun place I've played. Um, and then like like that Missouri trip that that new facility that Mary Bell has is awesome. And uh, I also really like the the Boulder facility. I just uh, just think they need a little bit more of an atmosphere there before it comes truly on that list. Okay, let me ask one more about. Uh, so let's talk about your guys' environment there in in uh, at AZ Ice Arcadia, and and because I've never had a chance to been there yet, but I know Scott's talked about how intimate it is, and just talk about playing there and what it's like uh, when you at a home game there uh, for you guys. Yeah, intimate's a great word for it. It's not a very big building. But uh, we get great turnouts. So um, as far as the arena itself, ain't the nicest place in the world. But when it's a place you can call home and people come in and they're always rooting for you, it's a, it's a big difference. And then um, and as the game gets going, we also have a train horn that goes off after goals. And, and then I'll get that place <laughs> rocking. That's, so, that's really fun. I'm going to record then, that tomorrow because I know you guys are going to score. <laughs> and you guys do pretty good. And you guys have a pretty good home ice advantage. You guys seem to do to do pretty decent. Whether you know you said you had UNLV a few weeks ago, and you know you lost them, but you were in the games. I remember a year or so ago, it was you, you had UNLV on the ropes again, and you beat Arizona there. So, what is it about that you guys are able to have kind of a good home ice advantage uh, there? Whether you know and always pull out the win, but you're in the game at least, or you actually are able to to pick up some victories. Yeah, uh, it's. Like I kind of said before, not the nicest place in the world, but we, we get we get to understand the ice. Um, so sometimes unfortunate hops happen, but uh, from us being there and practicing there every day, uh, you get to really understand the building, the boards, the ice itself a lot more. And then with with it kind of being all tight and getting loud, it it gets fun. And and then from there, um, get the energy in the crowd also gets gets the boys going excited to to play in front of their fans. Trent, I know that you keep a close tab on NCAA hockey as well, uh, growing up where we both did. Um, but, you know, I want to ask you this. Coming out of the uh, the uh, pandemic, uh, a lot of people said, boy, NCAA hockey is going to take a hit, uh, that we're going to lose teams, whatever. And all of a sudden, the NCAA grants a fifth year, a lot like the ACHA did. And uh, all of a sudden, we got – all these guys looking for places to play and just not enough lockers. And instead of teams going away, teams started resurging. Robert Morris came back. Alaska Anchorage came back. Um, they're working with Huntsville to make sure they get back on track. Augustana up in our neck of the woods is adding a program. Uh, Lindenwood's talking about jumping to NCAA. St. Thomas goes from Division Three to Division One. Um UNLV is is hinting at it right now. Uh, U of A getting a new building in a couple of years that may lead them that direction. How exciting is that uh, to see that kind of growth at the NCAA level? Oh, one hundred percent. I think there, yeah, there's definitely that need to to build onto it because there's a lot of kids who who are extremely talented who don't necessarily get that shot because of how many people there are um, at the NCAA level and not enough teams to necessarily fit everyone. Um, I love to also see these club programs making the move. Um, just, I mean, like people forget that Penn state was just like ASU and started yeah. there. Yeah. Um, being from, 
where I'm from, I didn't get to see the ACHA as much growing up or really at all, honestly. And, and to see how many talented players we see in this league and uh, the D3 schools back home of kids that didn't have that opportunity is, is why this, this growth needs to continue because there, there's a lot of good hockey players out there. Okay, so let me ask you this. When St. Thomas came on and uh, became another NCAA school in, in uh, the state of Minnesota, the state of hockey, your thoughts on that? Growing up as a kid in Moorhead, did you think uh, you were going to see that many NCAA D1 programs in our state? Yeah, it's actually when when St. Thomas made that move, it kind of caught me by surprise a little bit um, just because I didn't really know that that was ever something they were considering because being a Division three Mayak school in Minnesota, once you make that move, you're making that move for your whole program, not just the hockey team. Um, so from the school standpoint, going to all of NCAA Division One varsity sports, it was awesome to see. And it, it, the other really cool part that I like about that St. Thomas team is there's a bunch of Minnesota kids who – played NCAA uh, Division One elsewhere that weren't getting the minutes that you'd like. Because, I mean, being part of the program is one thing, but playing every night's another. And it, it was cool because there's quite a few names on that team that, that I played against growing up that, that transferred home and got the chance to play, uh, uh, play back home for sure. But having six teams now is incredible. Uh, I think they need to go back to doing a, like a little Minnesota classic, having the <laughs> – Having all like the teams that. play I each like other, it. see uh, see who owns the state for that year. Yeah, and then keep North Dakota out for now. We'll just leave them over where they are, and we'll just. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Sioux fan, though. So <laughs> I know you I, are. I, don't, I, don't, I, I know you are. That's be... why I had to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't want them to be part of that, but it, it would definitely be cool for uh, for uh, Minnesota teams to have that chance. Okay, f- final one for me is I want to let you have a chance to. Uh, Brag a little bit about your D3 team. You only got a couple of games left, but tell everybody who they've been playing, how you've been doing, and uh, and just how good those guys are. Yeah, uh, kind of like coming into the season, I really didn't know what to expect. I knew that we had kids, we have a lot of kids on our team that basically deserve to be playing at the D- D- Division Two level, but well, like I said, we've got a talented team there as well. And then some kids I weren't wasn't as sure enough if they're going to be able to um, handle themselves and, and throughout this year every single person has proven that to us just like our goalie making a pro win before for coming back here um, we've had the chance to play ASU, NAU New Mexico Colorado School of Mines um, I don't think I'm forgetting anyone but I think the coolest part is obviously we don't have a I think we only have like three or four wins. Um, but the cool part for me is is they haven't had a, a game where they've got severely blown out. Being the first-year program, first year we came into the league, we had a few games um, that, that got out of hand. And then when we decided to add the second team, the first team always was able to hold their ground. And, and the second team really got blown out. And, and the best part about this year is we have – three teams that compete at their level. And I think that is the best part about being able to coach those division three guys is, is there's not been a single game where you could have checked us out. 
I'll, I'll let you go on this one. Uh, any gray hair? Are you losing any hair from uh, coaching now that you're an old man and, and behind the bench? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually one thing. Uh, like that first trip out to um, <laughs> out to St. Louis that I've had to co- talk with Coach Roy about is like the hardest part about coaching is once the game itself gets going, it's essentially out of my hands. Like, yeah. I can tell them or like make tweaks to breakouts or – or just remind them on four checks, that kind of stuff. But when it comes to actually competing and giving that effort and doing what works for us, like sometimes not being able to show it makes it so much tougher. And and you see the game a completely different way and have a have a whole new appreciation for those uh, coaches that, that kind of got on to you back in the day. <laughs> I'll leave you on this note. Uh, it gets a lot harder when you have kids and have to watch them play because then you really want to help and you can't. <laughs> uh, and secondly is, uh, you know, with the stripes on, uh, it, it's not that much fun to be a stripe either, is it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I, I've had my fair share of, of chirping at, at the officials. But, uh, I mean, it's hard hard to see the game being one of the fastest games Um on the planet and so much going on there's a there's a lot you can miss so for sure all right steven you got one final one for trey then we'll let him go no i i well i'll just we, i'm glad you brought up the coaching thing i was going to ask about that but let me just what is your style of coaching like are you like a are you a uh, fire and brimstone person where you're yelling all the time or are you like a like you're just a player's coach you know like you i, I mean i know you're just trying to figure that out but like and maybe who have who do you kind of, who did you kind of look to at, in your way that you're coaching, and just from what your experience from playing hockey? Yeah, obviously it's all brand new to me. I'd helped like every summer growing up. I, I coached a youth camp back home, but that's just a camp. That's a couple weeks get to know the kids. But um, for me, so far, I'd like to think that. Did we lose him? Oh, I think we might have we might have lost him. Is he still there? <laughs> I think we lost the connection, Trey. That was such a good question, too, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, now oh, you're there. back. Now you're back. Oh, okay. go. I was gonna say I started going off on it, and then all of a sudden, you guys said <laughs> you couldn't hear me. I was like, "What?" Um, yeah. So I think. Did you guys get any of that, or should I just no, restart? No, start start no, it from the beginning. If you start can. over from the yeah. Okay. Yeah. So one thing that is so far as to where I'm at, I like to think I'm more of a player's coach um, because of the fact that two of the three teams in the program have kids that I played with when I was here. So kind of establishing um, that relationship that I already have from, I feel like it makes them, um, makes it a little more approachable for them to me and kind of understanding who I am. Um, but that's also a conversation I've, I've had with a few people um, about is it's not an easy relationship to handle um, given that some of those kids were some of the kids that I was really close to when I was playing here. But I think as I grow one person that I'm going to really look up to and, and follow the tracks of is, is going to be my father. Um, he, he coached me for many years and like over break, got the chance to watch our high school team and whatnot back home and, and watching Will, my buddy on TV, sitting down and, and analyzing the game with him is something I truly enjoy. And 
we are such such similar people that he's uh, he's definitely someone I'm gonna lean on when uh, when I don't quite understand what to do. Yeah, well said. Uh, your dad, a great coach uh, in his day, and uh, you got some good ones in Moorhead because you got to lean on Terry Cullen too a little bit. He was uh, he was pretty doggone good for the Spuds, wasn't he? Yep, Terry Cullen, uh, Dave Mournville, Pete Cullen, and then now John Ammerman. Uh, Moorhead's been very fortunate to have <laughs> some some great names lead them, and I think part of the coolest part is is a lot of those guys also also grew up in the program. And so it's just more so generation to generation being passed on. Well, you grew up in the GCU program and continue the success over there. Thanks for spending some time with us tonight. Thanks for enlightening us a little bit. And I know Danny's on baby duty, so uh, he's got to keep, he's got to keep that up too, but uh, hopefully I'm going to be able to get over there tomorrow and see you guys uh, take on uh, Minot state. I think it's going to be a great game. And I think you're hundred percent correct. GCU is uh, not to be overlooked uh, in the second semester. Trey Green, thanks for joining us. Yep, thank you guys. I appreciate it, and have a good one, and maybe you'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. That's Trey Green, the D3 coach at GCU and also the assistant coach with the D2 and D1 programs. Steve and I are going to be uh, right back in about two minutes to uh, wrap up another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Your hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions, your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. This is Adam Trunko, captain of the CU bus, the UNACHA hockey team, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. I'm Hunter Cooley, captain of the Missouri State Ice Hockey Bears, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
Hey guys, Jared Erickson here, captain of the UNLV Skate and Rebels, champions of the Chicago Classic Tournament, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, and we're back. Scott Strandy with you and Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. Stephen Marsh, my longtime co-host up in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, do you happen to know what show you're listening to? Well, <laughs> it, I, I know what it what we call it, but I know it's not what you want to call it. We but have to what all those ca- new rejoins. We got to get all new rejoins uh, for the yeah, show now. I think. Yeah, because you had we had all the a lot of the captains of all these of our different teams say. You know, welcome back to the Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, and yet you don't even want to call it that because you, you know, it's, we feel like it's so much better. I think we've outgrown it. We've we've outgrown it. it. It's better. The WCHL has made us better. Has made uh, college hockey better. So, um, a different brand of college hockey Southwest Weekly. How about that? <laughs> sure. We'll, we'll come up with something. I know you're last night with, you're you're gonna come up with something. <laughs> you know, last night my co-host uh, Paul Hornstein uh, presented a, a proposition to uh, Nick Carboni. He called it, I think he called it like the Great Pacific Coast League, uh, and he said, uh, "Would it be okay, Nick, to you if we had uh, ASU?" Uh, he said, "The team down south, we we know that's the University of Arizona, uh, UNLV." <laughs> Uh, the two Alaska schools, and uh, and maybe uh, I don't know Augustana or somebody Lindenwood, uh, all become an NCAA conference. Would that be okay? And, and Nick said, absolutely. He's wide open to it. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, what's he going to say? No, nah, I don't know. That's I, I, <laughs> I thought maybe he'd not... say he wanted to play the best. He wanted to be like you know he should be a part of the NCHC or something like that. But no, well, well, you got to. He gotta, wrote it out. He wrote that conference thing out. You gotta, you gotta work. You gotta work your way to that. You know, as you said, you you, you already put in the the mantle on UNLV hockey that they're that they're going to be no. the ACHA champions. Cart before the horse. Let's get it right and, now. Cart before the horse. <laughs> right, cart before the horse. <laughs> and Nick's like, no, nah, don't you know? Let's take it. Let's let's take it one game at a time here. <laughs> let's take it one step at a time. I know everyone's yeah. anticipating that. You know, hopefully at some point they're going to move up to the NCA level. You know, he's got a new uh, permanent athletic director. He was the interim. Now he's the permanent athletic director. And hopefully that conversations can, can begin and maybe there'll be something. That got, of course, there's going to be money involved. And we've talked about that before. And, and maybe that will come too. But uh, certainly playing an ex, some exhibition games against an NCAA program. It's next a good year will start. Be- it's a good start. Winning a national title, the ACHA level. That's is another good, good start. That's what that's what Greg Powers did right at Arizona State. Yes, he did. Was, so, and uh, so yeah, uh, so we'll, we'll see. So let me let me throw this out there too, because we had uh, the Alaska Fairbanks coach on Sunday night, and uh, that's why he, that was in my mind. Sorry, yeah, that the and you know what? Was, and, and he told me he said, "I think you guys need to drop the uh, S and just make it College Hockey West, and then you can include Alaska too." <laughs> anyway, be, so there might be, be lots good. of changes coming down the road. Hey. Uh, but but tonight, uh, you know you know the drill. Every time we have a guest on, I hear something, you hear something. I've known Trey a long time. I, I uh, gave him a bad time because he showed up down here to play uh, uh, college hockey at Grand Canyon. And, and he, he set me straight right away. He said, hey, listen, I'm here to help this program uh, get its feet under itself. And, and now being a coach um, – 
after he graduated from from Grand Canyon is really saying something. No, it is, and and it's very uh, very impressive what he's been able to do and and be a part of that the growth of that program there and and just to see where kind of Grand Canyon is now. And of course, we're talking about the the whole program as a whole, so we're talking the D one program for sure, but obviously the the other levels too. And of course, him heading the D three program and being a, being a contributing factor to that. So. Uh, it's it's really great, and of course he's from uh, he's from Minnesota, which I know you you like that fact, of course. And he's from Moorhead, Minnesota. So I I was looking up during the interview some NHL players that are from Moorhead. Uh, so there's a few that that starts with listed. Matt Cullen. Well, he he's he's yeah yeah three time Stanley Cup champion, played 20 years I think in the NHL. And let me throw you back when uh, back when I had a company called Rink Inc. in Minnesota. Matt Cullen was the very first player of the year when he was in high school at Moorhead. So that tells you how long Matt and I go back. Yeah, and I, I see uh, I see uh, these must be well no, these I the ones that I've seen listed is Jason Blake and, and yep. Brian Lee and of course yep. Will Bo- Borgen and who's uh, we just talked about, of course, he's not with the Kraken. But and they Chris, all don't have three Stanley Cups like Matt does. <laughs> and Chris Vandevelde. <laughs> as well so, Velvey, yep former uh fighting sue and, and there's others too that uh, the least prospects is not listening about uh, there's there's a long mark list, cullen uh, matt's younger brother mark okay okay i've had enough <laughs> i what i'm doing <laughs> enough of this minnesota you want to move thing. around you want to move around northern minnesota i can give you a list of about a hundred <laughs> i don't think we got that kind of time i think uh I think we, <laughs> okay I think so I think give we're... us your thought give us your thought on on trey uh before we wrap things up no i i think he's I, I think it's uh it's great what he's able to do now as a, as a, someone who's can help with the coaching side of things. He obviously um you know is enjoying that and enjoying being able to to grow in that role. Uh you know, head the the D3 program and of course helped the the D1 program on an assistant basis with with Danny Roy and and it sounds like he's involved with a lot of the scheduling of all the teams. So he's he's, he's Danny's giving him some responsibilities and so that's that's good and obviously he's able to um really appreciate that side of the game. I think it's one thing when you play and then when you become a coach, it's, it's, uh, it's a whole nother thing because everybody leans on you to give the guidance to the players and, and give your advice and stuff. And, and of course now he's able to lean on his dad and, and, uh, and get advice from him and to help him too. So that, those are the kind of things I, I like about this sport. I mean, you see it in other sports, but it seems like with hockey more than, than maybe other sports, there's, there's certainly the, the family aspect of it, uh, whether you know, you you born deep rooted in the hockey game, where you you pick it up and then you you pass it along to others. Um, like I said, that happens in other sports too, but it just seems like you come to appreciate it and you you see it um, a little bit more enhanced in, in the hockey world. Um, and we see how we see time and time again how close knit the hockey community is. Um, and so it's it's, it's a, that's yeah. a cool thing. And and he can now as he leads this. D3 team and and be involved with the D1 program too and all all of the Grand Canyon hockey stuff that he's uh that he's got that role after playing playing there so and, and he's like you said somebody that was kind of there from the beginning playing there and helping from the, the very of the program from the very <laughs> beginning yeah and now he's you know he can't play there now but he can help in these other roles and and just continue to see the growth of of the whole the whole umbrella of GCU hockey from D1 level, D2, D3 level, and the women's side too. And being I, I, I think that's building the tradition uh, at GCU as well. Uh, when your players uh, from 
the original players stick around and want to help out and continue to watch it grow. Uh, I think one of the most difficult things you'll have to endure is uh, his young age and being so close. He mentioned that he, that he played with some of the guys that he's coaching right now and to be able to make that coach player uh, break is not always easy, but I think uh, Trey's got it in him. I think that the, the rest of the players and the other coaches respect him and respect his opinion. And that that starts. I know Danny, uh, has fought a lot of trade from the from the very first week that he was on campus. He just uh, was that kind of a leader. Uh, wore the C for uh, Grand Canyon for a number of years and endured some personal things where he had to miss some time and had some major surgeries and um, you know. So so he's kind of been through it all, and I'm happy that he's he's with the program and he's still uh, moving forward with it. Uh, he said that the, the Grand Canyon will be a force to be reckoned with second semester. I think we all agree with that. And, um, you know, I'm just happy that uh, he was able to spend some time with us and, and tell us a little bit more about Grand Canyon. So uh, we thank Trey for, for doing that. A couple things we want to touch on. Uh, there was a very touching memorial service today at Gila River Arena for Matt Schott, uh, who we lost a couple of weeks ago now. Um, unexpectedly, uh, a short battle of cancer. It was only about 10 months or so. Uh, so it was great that the Coyotes were able to, uh, to put Gila River as, uh, as the venue uh for people to go there and, and pay their respects to uh to matt shot that was very very classy on their part so definitely want to shout that out um and and, and people matt, if they haven't miss you. and yeah um, and if people haven't uh listened to monday's show that you and rob do the professional hockey southwest weekly you had the former was it the former president right of, of the coyotes uh, yeah, who owner. worked very, very closely with Matt. Told us some great stories about Matt. Aaron Cohen. Uh, uh, yeah, Aaron Cohen was on. So, yeah, we definitely want to get back and re-listen to that one. That was exceptional. I also want to mention, you brought this up to me. I saw it earlier on Twitter, but who's hosting the WWCHL Women's Tournament this year, Stephen? And where is it at? It is hosted by... The uh, women's uh, ASU team, Arizona State women's team, it's going to be at Oceanside Arena, the frozen tundra that is Oceanside Ice Arena. And uh, the WWCHL regional playoffs, they're going to take place there at the as the Sun Devils will play host. It'll take place February 18th through the 20th with the uh, conference championship slated for the morning of February 20th. Uh, top four teams in the WWCHL will play for the conference title and the champion will receive an automatic bid to the ACHA Division I National Championships uh, in, in March in, uh, in St. Louis. Of course, currently, ASU is ranked number one in the WWCHL with a conference record of 9-1. And, one. and, and course, number 11 overall in the country. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, number 11 overall. They, they were ranked in the t- top 10 for the first time in program history earlier uh, this season. And uh, so they, are, they have a 10-5 and five, uh, record. They've beaten a top ten team already, and uh, they have some games this weekend as well. They're going to um, host sixth rank UMass, and they also will be hosting on uh, on that be on Friday and on Saturday too at uh, eight p.m. and, and, and then, seven p.m. at Ocean. And then UMass is going to jump over to Grand Canyon and play the Grand Canyon women on Sunday. So uh, that that's a pretty big trip for them, number six team in the country to play three and three. Yeah, so that's going to be a going to be a busy weekend in Arizona. You got GCU and and Minot State and then Minot yeah, what State. What are you doing, Arizona. slacker? Doing nothing <laughs> up there. <laughs> well, there's 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 
and I don't know if we'll be up, but there's there's some hockey stuff happening here. Actually, uh, tomorrow the uh, it's I yeah, guess it's a big one. Kind, that is a kind of, big one. It's been kind of dubbed as revenge week here, I guess you could say, because it started Sunday with the Winnipeg Jets coming to town. Of course, Nate Schmidt, who was a big you know, we love Nate Schmidt, was with the Golden Knights from the beginning and was an original misfit. And of course, now Paul he's with Stasny. the Winnipeg Jets. Paul Stasny as well. They both returned for the first time. You know, because Nick Schmidt was with because Vancouver. Because of COVID. Yeah. Because of COVID. They haven't, he hasn't been to T-Mobile yet. So. But he still comes here in the summertime, played a couple of the charity softball games that Riley Smith puts on. Anyways, so they they visited. That, that was uh, pretty emotional for them. They had a tribute video. Then um, then Thursday, they were going to play uh, the Rangers, and that's going to be a big game because you're going to have Coach Gerard Gallant returning to T-Mobile for the first time as a, as a visitor. And then you also have Ryan Rees, the former uh, – well, he's still an enforcer, but the former Golden Knight enforcer. And uh, he's hoping that some of the fans will cu- give him a couple of boos uh, after he gives levels out one of the Golden Knights players. I, I really would love to see him and Colasar hey, fight. That would be. Hey, yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> what are what are the odds in Vegas that he's gonna fight? And who's he gonna fight? <laughs> yeah, they should put a line on that. They should put a line on that in the in the sports books of that happening. Um, and then of course Saturday is big too because you've got uh, the return of the flower, uh, Mark Andre Fleury. From the Blackhawks, so uh, yeah, it's uh, there's some big that some big might NHL. be the biggest of all. That's gonna nights. Uh, yeah, we that, know that's gonna Vegas be an emotional night in team. Yeah, that's gonna be an emotional night. I'm sure at T-Mobile for the fans that are there and for everyone maybe Chicago team. just won't start them that night. <laughs> well, it was it was a little <laughs> iffy because he was in COVID protocols, so you know, like oh, you know, but he's out of it now and he'll be he'll be I'm sure starting. Yeah, and you Saturday, know how so. he got welcomed back, Kale McCarr on that move. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one or not, but if you haven't. Yeah. Go watch it. That kid yeah. is a stud, no doubt about it. Yeah. All right. So there is so, some hockey happening here, but you'll you'll be you'll be knee deep in it there in Arizona with everything going on there. Absolutely, all kinds of good stuff going on. Uh, we thank you for tuning in tonight. We thank Trey Green for joining us, and uh, Stephen, take it away. From the Summer Skate Studios, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey. A rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. Buy M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue Las Vegas style. Drury Inn Suites, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. And by Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food, fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. And uh, we will say goodnight, little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro, and remind everybody to come back Sunday night. 
College Hockey Southwest Live, soon to be College Hockey West Live. <laughs> it's our NCAA <laughs> a reaction show. Lots of great stuff going on. Paul Hornstein and myself will be there. Steve and I will be back next Wednesday with the head coach from the University of Oregon joining us, the newest, one of the newest arrivals at the ACHA D1 level. So we'll say goodnight. Good night, everybody. And have a good week, everyone. <laughs>